Real Nerds is a proud partner of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we speak. Hello, everybody. I'm J.D. Lopez, the host of Left Hand Right Brain. It's a free-flowing, wide-ranging conversation that I have with artists doing interesting and creative things here in Denver and beyond. We talk about their personal stories, break down their creative process, and what motivates them. Spoiler alert, it's mostly spite. We talk about all these things and more while kicking back, cracking wise, and always having a good time. You can find old episodes and everything you need to know at lefthandrightbrainpod.com. Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to The Real Nerds Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy. At Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there will be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Jonathan Tiersten from The Perfect House and Sleepaway Camp, and you are listening to The Real Nerds Podcast. Welcome to another Real Nerds Podcast interview from Denver Pop Culture Con 2019. Hope you enjoy. Back live here at Denver Pop Culture Con 2019. I am Ryan and we are with actor Dane, actor, author Dane Kroll. I, I was so worried that I'm going to keep on going to say Denver Comic Con yeah. that I'm yeah, like it thinking of, off. it throws everything off. Denver Comic Con, oh, Pop Culture Con. Yeah, like it's that. always going to be Comic Con to me. Yeah, it happens. Author Dane Kroll, thank you for taking time out of your day to sit down and hang out with no us. No problem, I always enjoy these. <laughs> All right. So uh, tell us a little, a little bit about yourself, Dane. What brings you to Denver Comic Con? Uh, ah, see, well, I, just, I literally right just there, did it. Right there. Denver Pop Culture Con, what brings you to Denver Pop Culture Con? Obviously, I'm trying to pump out some of my books out there. I've got like several different series: Realm of Gorios, Giant Monsters. So it's perfect timing right now with Godzilla. Oh, nice! This weekend, so excited. Cool. I got horror flowing around. Black Friday, Psalm Springs. Um, we got a zombie book. We woke the dead. That's kind of new. I think uh, uh, Elian Falls is my fantasy series. I'm kind of all over the place. I'm all <laughs> over the board when it comes to writing. I, but you, do you have to be? I mean, keep yourself from being bored with what you write, or do you get bored writing, or? I don't know. I'm not a writer. I'm not creative, so I don't know. I, th- I feel like I probably would get bored if I stuck to something too long. Because I usually I've been bouncing around between Elion Falls and Realm of Gorio lately. So I, right now I'm writing book five of Realm of Gorio. That just came out. And then book six is up next. And b- bouncing back over. But some of those series have gotten me so um, just jazzed up and excited that maybe I wouldn't get bored. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So how did you get into writing? Because it seems a hard thing to get into and then get published. I started out as a little kid. I, I remember, like, I have first grade journals of stories that I drew and wrote and whatnot. Like, it, and it's literally giant monsters as well. So that stuck with me for years. <laughs> I was going through, like, oh, these giant insects are attacking the city. This is part two, part three. <laughs> and so, yeah, that stuck with me. And then eventually, around adult age, college, I guess, it was kind of like, oh, let's you know, let's do this for real. Let's take this up a notch. You know, went to film school, did all that. So oh, you went to film school. I did go to film school. So how did you settle on novels? Do you write screenplays as well? I, yeah, I started out writing screenplays, and that's what several of them became novels at one point. Usually because 
filming a movie is a lot more money and a lot more crew you need, and a lot of people aren't reliable. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, guys, we're going to be filming this week. Oh, I can't make it all of a sudden. I'm like, well, crap. Yep. And so that became like, well, you know what? I'm just going to make this um, book a freaking novel at this point and move on with my life. So uh, why why big monsters then? What fascinated you with the monsters? I don't know. I, I always loved them as a kid watching the old Godzilla movies. Godzilla's Revenge was like the one VHS tape that just <laughs> kept getting rewound and rewound and still holding strong somehow. <laughs> and... I think just and then growing up and within the film and whatnot, I kind of fell back in love with the stuff I watched as a kid. Yeah, I go you know, go through that phase where you're like, oh, independent movies are the best movies oh, out there. Yeah. And, and eventually, I'm like, I'm so bored with these movies. What did I like before? My like, Godzilla. I love <laughs> Godzilla. Why, why did I stop watching that? That's all. You know, I always go. Uh, as we do a movie podcast, and I always have this. Uh, thing i call it independent movies now there's a difference between being an independent movie like friday the 13th yeah. and being an independent movie in quotes where everybody ha- is snarky and everybody the, the is artsy the artsy and stuff and sometimes you just want to see a monster kick a building yeah you know like i'm also a huge wrestling fan so i just, I just want to see some stuff fight nice. at one point i want to see a little bit of story in between yeah. That's <laughs> me too I, I you know i used to watch wrestling all the time um i don't watch as much anymore my wife laughs at me because yeah. when i go to movie places and i see like nine hours of macho man <laughs> matches i get it and she just shakes her head like, what is wrong with you yeah. i'm like because there is an art to it there's an art oh, to definitely. um and you can i guess you we can relate it to your books you have to have the destruction and the mayhem but you have to have something that people are gonna latch on yeah, to. there has to be a reason why they're fighting yeah like, what's driving this purpose and I, I throw that into my um realm of goryo giant monster series because they're, the monsters aren't just fighting. There's a style that the monsters are fighting. There's a reason that they're fighting. And whether they win or lose ends up actually causing a rift in the next part of the stories and books where this monster just lost this major battle where he tried to turn on his allies at one point, And all of a sudden he's disappeared because he's shamed. So I guess here's a question. So when you write a story, you, do you write it from a human's point of view or a monster's point of view? And inverse of that, how do you convey a monster's emotions if they are not the one thinking mm-hmm. the emotion in a novel? Yeah, like, de- um, it, it almost comes from everybody's point of view, where the monsters are just as much characters as just the human characters as well. And to get the point across, he's kind of like, you know, he's obviously angry. He's, you know, p- this guy's pissed off. You're in his territory. He starts, you know, b- beating stuff around, knocking stuff around. He just gets in his face. It's all physical for the monsters because they can't n- actually communicate with anybody. Hmm. And then we have, like, one translator for the mon- for the monsters at one point, but she ends up disappearing for a little bit. But, yeah, ultimately it just comes down to conveying their emotions just through the prose and just trying to get more physical with them where, you know, this monster's holding off. Why is he holding off? And eventually they'll ally together and it's like, oh, okay, they're working together now. They're not attacking. Okay, let's just, you know, let's team up at this point. (laughs) So is it – so they're big monsters. We're not talking about, like, you know – Creature from the Black Lagoon, human size. There's a couple of those floating around in there. But oh, yeah, sweet. Most of it's all kaiju giants just rumbling through the city, destroying things. And like every book, I think that's one of the things that when I write them to write the series, with the movies themselves, they always kind of restarted. Or yeah. Tokyo would be back up and building this <laughs> You know, this is all one series, so if a city destroyed, it's destroyed. And, all of a sudden, and that's building up more problems for, for the Earth where people are just moving places and there's just homeless everywhere and just mm. causing more problems on infrastructure. And we're like, we're just going to have to let these guys die because we got nothing. 
And then the next thing you know, like we go back to Tokyo. Like, yeah, this place is pretty much garbage now. <laughs> you know, because that is a pretty interesting thing. Because you know, you, you do think about that after the movie's end. I mean, the dust has to settle sometime. Yeah. And then, what do you? How does society rebuild after everything's been destroyed? Yeah. So as of right now in the series, like most, half of society is kind of like just turning a blind eye to things. The other half is just kind of dwelling in misery at this point as just more monsters keep rising up and we're like okay we gotta we gotta really defeat this one no nope, we lost <laughs> so do, so is there factions then of people too where yes. maybe someone's not up to good and then you have um i guess yeah factions yeah. tribes whatever you want to call yeah, them like factions are forming everywhere there's there's aliens as well like two different alien species there's different factions within them all trying to garner either peace between the species or a division there's a group of um, people that follow the Kaiju Horus that they were brought him up and he started wreck, wreaking destruction. Like basically extremists going, oh no, no, nothing but Horus. Horus is all we need. <laughs> and he's just wreck, wreaking havoc. So I always have this question with authors because it's fascinating to me keeping all these characters, all your worlds straight. And I always picture the detective thing where you have like, I don't know, monster here and then it branches off with yarn everywhere to keep them straight. How do you keep it straight? A very poorly formatted Word document. <laughs> there's a list of all the kaiju, and then there's a list of all the other characters and cities I've made and the cities I've destroyed, and characters that have, like, secret backgrounds that haven't been revealed yet. But it's like, okay, now he's a secret this thing and not revealed. Oh, it's now been revealed. Great. Or this guy's dead now. Don't bring him back. <laughs> Do you use, co like, color-coded stuff? Or Unfortunately, no. I really need so, so how So how do you remember all that stuff? And a lot of it's in my head, and a lot of it's like just kind of rereads and kind of like, wow. going, oh yeah, okay, that's right, that's right. We had this guy come up. That's, that's so fascinating to me, because my brain does not work mm -hmm. that way. It, it takes a talent, right? Yeah. It takes a special kind of person. All, all, reading all those comic books back in the day build up all this room for remembering <laughs> continuity. That's so cool. So where are your books? Where can we find them, and how can we support you? Uh, easily found on Amazon. You can look up Dane G. Kroll right there, or um, the individual books, Rome of Gorio, Elwyn Falls. Also, website, um, danegkroll.com, or krollcreations.com, it'll redirect you there, basically. It's a, kind of a new branch off. We're, we're getting some new stuff going on. We're making some new little creations, 3D illusions, and um, ideally a giant rock'em sock'em robot set that we're, oh, kind of, we're trying to build. That'd be epic. I know. We're so excited for it. We got the prototype going. Like, okay, this might work. <laughs> How do you prototype uh, that? I'm just curious. That's uh, fascinating yeah, to me. PVC pipe and duct tape and masking and oh. all kinds of stuffing. We're trying to get the bodies going. Okay, is this working? This is working. Okay. And then when it works, uh, then who do you give it to? Like a toy company, I'm guessing? Oh. I don't know. Ideally, we're just going to take it around to conventions. So maybe, you know, in a couple of years, we'll see, you know, some giant <laughs> You'll be over there and you'll be fighting and then be like, I knew him when he was talking about Buy that. My books as well. Play this game. <laughs> yeah. It'll be so much fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you for stopping by. Um, I know you're busy and you have to get selling books and, and talk to people. We appreciate the time. How are you? Uh, sorry. Uh, I got a guy behind me, like, waving. I'm like, is he waving at me? I okay. Is there anything else you want to part with us? Wisdom. Wisdom? Um, I don't know about wisdom, but I will part with one more thing. I, I'm a local TV celebrity in my area, Northeast Kansas. And so if you ever, everyone wants to watch videos of me making a fool of myself, they can go to Northeast Kansas, um, the Northeast Kansas CW on Facebook, and you see videos of me talking about all the primetime lineups for the CW. Awesome. It's a lot of fun. So wait, so you're from Kansas too? Yeah. What? So did, did you hear me talk to Suzanne about the weird statues in Wichita? Of Wichita, yeah. What is that? I don't know. 
I, I keep I ask every time I meet someone from Kansas, I always ask him why is there Village of the Damned children in the middle of the sidewalk? Stuff. Like I'm from Topeka, and this is weird as well. <laughs> okay, we got some messed up people over there. Yeah, too. in my uh, previous career, I opened uh, a restaurant in Hutchington, mm. Hutchington, Kansas, Hutchins, Hutchinson, Hutchinson. There we go. I, I knew I could find it eventually, yeah. and they were nice, but they had a salt mine there that had really cool yeah. stuff in it. And Kansas is a, just a different place. Very yeah. nice, though. Well, they got some nice stuff in the salt mine. I think, like, oh, yeah. The Dawn with the Wind, the original film is yep. down there now. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. So, yeah, cool. so if you want to see art, go to Kansas, I guess. is or if, weird. <laughs> and they'll cultivate people and authors and stuff yeah, because back-to-back. So. Back. <laughs> Dane, thanks for stopping by. I appreciate oh, thank it. You thank you. This has been another Real Nerds Podcast interview from Denver Pop Culture Con 2019. See you next year. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Neighborless Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Drafthouse in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout-out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening, and have a nice day.